This is the Kona Edge, the home of Ironman triathletes who dream of qualifying for the World Championships on the Big Island. Welcome on to the Kona Edge. I'm Brad Brown as we uh, head towards the close of 2016. Can't believe that uh, we're just about to see in a brand new year. And boy, what what a year 2016's been. We're not even going to talk about uh, the political changes and things that have been happening around the world. But uh, let's hope 2017 is uh, a little bit less uh, eventful, should I say. And uh, yeah, 2016, I think a lot of people are glad to see the back of it. But uh, it's been a great year for us here at the Kona Edge. Uh, We've seen incredible growth and that's uh, all because of you and... uh, just the, the the love for for triathlon that you have and uh we just yeah i just want to say thank you to to you for for downloading and listening to this podcast and and me yakking on over the last year it's been a, a phenomenal phenomenal journey and i can't wait to to share some of the things that we've got uh, up our sleeve for 2017 but uh, i'll uh, reveal some of that early in the new year also, I ask for it a lot, and if you haven't yet, I'd really appreciate it if you do. But if you haven't left us a review on iTunes, uh, please. It's uh, one of the ways you can help us in return for, for creating this content. Uh, it literally only takes a, a few minutes of your time and helps us get in front of more triathletes just like you because uh, iTunes rates us by the amount of positive reviews we have. And obviously, the more we get, the better it is for those uh, algorithms. And uh, yeah, if you wouldn't mind just taking a few minutes of your time in doing that, I'd appreciate it hugely. So let's get straight into today's uh, podcast. And I get to share, I say it all the time, I get to share some incredible athletes. And uh, this guy is a great athlete, but he's also a great guy as well. And I, I can't wait to share his story. So please welcome onto the Kona Edge today, Steve Day. Steve, welcome onto onto the Cone Edge. Pleasure, Steve. We we just were chatting off air, and, and you, I, I saw when when we booked the appointment that you you live in New York. So I was just presuming that you were American, but you you don't have an American accent. You're British uh, originally. You've been living in the Big Apple for 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 close on seven years now. It's uh, you don't associate, or I don't associate a, a city like New York with uh, with triathlon. But there's a, a pretty pretty strong triathlon scene, there, isn't there? Uh, that's right, Brad. Uh, yeah, I've, uh, I came originally from, from Yorkshire via London and then arrived in the US in 09. Uh, but you're right. There's a very vibrant, uh, tri scene. Uh, there's probably just top of my hair. There's probably five or six, uh, pretty good, pretty large, pretty competitive and, and social tri scene. So the, 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 the scene's pretty good. Everyone knows everyone, to be honest. That's amazing. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a good place to train, to be honest. I love that, and you you would think for someone who doesn't, me personally, I don't live in a. I mean, I live in Cape Town, which is probably a big city, but I live in the suburbs, and we've got amazing places to train. But I think for a lot of people, they think big city like in New York, and they think, gee, that must be terrible. There's nowhere to train, but uh, I guess it's what you make of it. Yeah, it's, I say it's pretty good. The, the 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 if you can get get into the park in the morning, uh, it's uh, as we were saying offline, it's pretty busy. And then on a weekend, uh, you can go up over George Washington Bridge and there's some very good cycling, uh, very busy kind of cycle routes of the, of the 9W. Uh, so it's surprisingly good. The, the swim is less so good. It's, it's not easy to get pool time. Uh, that's probably the most challenging uh, piece of uh, trying to train in the city, but the the, the biking and the running is, uh, is pretty good. Yeah, I was going to say there's a, a very big running scene in New York. 
Yeah, yeah. There are just so many um, uh, running teams just kind of based around the park, uh, kind of virtual teams, really, uh, and some pretty big ones. And and it's very, very competitive. We have a lot of uh, East Africans that live uh, up in Westchester and up in the Bronx. Um, so yeah, we we have a lot of you know the the, the 10Ks in the park are, are one in the you know 28, 29 minutes. So. Wow. <laughs> Very, very quick. Very yeah, quick indeed. And, and let's not forget yeah. there's that little marathon that happens uh, once a year in November too. Uh, indeed, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, the, the, the running scene is, is – I mean, the tri scene is pretty good, but the running scene is exceptional for sure. You come you, – you were originally a runner. You, you didn't start out as a, as a triathlete. When you moved to, to the Big Apple, were you out and out a runner and, and only t- took up triathlon then, or was, was triathlon on your radar before you moved to New York? Uh, not really. I'm trying, I was trying to think, think – because we were chatting offline, I think oh nine, I I think I did a sprint with my wife out in uh, Montauk, which is on Long Island. But yeah, I was predominantly a runner. I wasn't really training particularly hard. Um, kind of was getting a little yeah, a little bored with it, and I just picked up a lot of injuries, which is why I I started before I moved over. I started doing a little bit of mountain biking uh, because I had a, an Achilles and plantar fasciitis uh, combination for at least two 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 and a half years. So. That kind of took me out running for a while. Uh, so I was looking for something something new, and try seemed interesting. So um, that just kind of, you know, happened to to you know fall into that into that scene. We'll we'll dig into that in in a bit more detail now. But as a runner, were you were you any good? Were you pretty competitive? Uh, yeah, I was pretty good. You know, I was you know I was just sub fifteen for five k on the track, so I was pretty decent. Uh, I wasn't really a distance runner. I was I my my preference kind of 800 and 1500. Um, so I trained with some very, very good runners when I was younger. So you know, I ran for the county. And I, you know, I think I did about 355 for, for 1500. So, I, you know, I was pretty decent, um, but there were certainly people quicker than I was for sure. It's a, it's a big step up from a 1500 to an Ironman. I mean, those are, are sort of almost total opposite ends of the scale. Yeah, yeah, completely. Yeah, I, I, as I say, I think I, in 09, I did a sprint. In 010, I thought, well, you know, I, this is fun. So I think I did a sprint, an Olympic and a half, uh, in the same year. Um, but it, I, there's no way I would even at that point contemplated doing an Ironman. I just thought it was a, a stupid distance, to be honest. <laughs> uh, no interest whatsoever. Uh, and then 012, I did. Uh, 11 and 12, I did a few more halves and then took the plunge to do Lake Placid in 2013. You, you, you talk about it being a, a stupid distance. And, and for a lot of us, we, we go into this thing where I think ignorance is bliss, where you, you go, oh, that looks good. And you, you pay the registration for you don't actually really think about what you're doing. I, I was like, it. I'd never done a triathlon before I'd entered nine, man. Uh, and for you, obviously, it was the other way around. You built up slowly. Do you think that's the better way to go or is sometimes just jump in and see how you go? Um, you know, I've coached a few people and uh, my advice has always been don't jump into Ironman, just 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 build up, get a feel for the sport, you know, learn, learn the technical aspects of it uh, and then just slowly build up. Uh, so I certainly wouldn't recommend what you did, Brad, that's for sure. <laughs> it's a, there's a fine line between bravery and stupidity. Uh, very fine, yes. <laughs> sure. I've definitely crossed it a few times, I can tell you that much. Steve, for, for you, I, I mean... 
having having that that slowish build up do you think it's we where you said you came from a from a running background where you're getting quite bored do you think that's really sort of sparked your interest in the sport and and slowly introduced you to it over time yeah yeah definitely i you know i i really i mean i hindsight's great and i really wish i'd found triathlon at a much younger age um you know i still love running i think it's probably still my my favorite sport you know i just you know it's just so simple you can throw in a pair of sneakers and trainers and you know just head out the door so just in terms of simplicity i think it's great um um, you know in terms of watching the sport i still love to watch athletics and track and field um but you know after a while it just you know becomes same old same old so i was just looking to do something new and i, I just love all the technical aspects of the uh, of triathlon and the data and the equipment uh, i was one of those that said you know i'll, I'll never fall into the track of, of buying the next gadget but of course pretty quickly you do so I, you know, I, I'm just fascinated by it. I'm a big student of the sport, albeit a, a little late to the party. What's the one gadget that you think has just absolutely revolutionised what you do? Uh, yeah, sure. The, the 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 power meter, which I bought in '13, was was the one the one gadget which uh, added a different dimension to my training um, for sure. Before I, you know, I'd gone with the heart rate and perceived exertion, but. In 13, I took the plunge and, and bought the power meter. Uh, it, it just it, it just kind of really focuses the training. I spend a lot of time on the trainer. Uh, and it just means you, you know, provided you, uh, you know, you, you, you do the training that, that's been set. Um, there's no there's no wasted time. Uh, but ultimately, on race day, I think it, it, it pays real dividends. Um, you know, it, it's, it's kind of cheating, really. Um, just just being able to watch that number um, and and keep a balanced effort and, f- and flatten that course as they say I think is is super helpful uh, particularly on a on, on a hillier course uh, and all all of my airmans so far have been have been pretty hilly so definitely the uh, the power meter for me do you reckon anyone who's half serious about the sport should get one um, I think ultimately my advice would be yes. Um, certainly, if you're if you're new to the sport, I'd probably say I'd probably say no. Uh, I think dialing in your your uh, sense of perceived exertion uh, and just understanding heart rate uh, is is probably more important. I mean, ultimately on race day you're using all three uh, for sure. Um, so I'd say for a for a beginner probably not, but for someone who's more experienced and and, and, and looking to, to really compete, then um, absolutely. Um, I mean, they're not cheap, but certainly a, a worthwhile investment for sure. You make a very important point there too about the, the perceived uh, exertion. And that's one thing a lot of triathletes, when they first start out, if they do get caught up in all the, the gadgetry and the power meters, and they, they almost forget what it feels like from a, from a natural perspective within your body. And, and that's sometimes, I mean, you really do want to learn that because there will be times where your gear might fail you on, on race day. And, and if you, you don't know how you're feeling, uh, you, I mean, you're almost dead in the water essentially. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, 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 you know, I've done that myself as well. You, know, you have a, a number in your head and you, you, you stick to that number when actually your body's telling you something else. And if your body's telling you something else, then it's time to, to, you know, reduce the power and re- reduce the speed for sure. Uh, cause you know, particularly on, on, you know, 
give you an example on a, on a hot day, uh, you're just not going to hit the, the same power numbers. So if you go in thinking that, you know, X watts is where you need to be, but it's super hot and windy, uh, like Kona, um, you know, you're going to be walking. Um, so you, I, I think just understanding all three, uh, particularly the perceived exertion and the heart rate uh, and using using power is, is, is where you should ultimately be. For, for you, I mean, numbers-wise, uh, what are you chasing now? What are you sort of really pushing towards? What are the goals? Um, you mean in terms of my, uh, you know, what what do I ride on a on a on an Ironman? Or? Yeah, pretty pretty much power output uh, that that you would be sort of pushing the, yeah. the numbers you're pushing in training as hard as you can, and then obviously you're, the goal on on race day. Yeah, my it's it's odd. My I got a I took on a, a new a new coach uh, this year, uh, and we never F, we never tested for FTP um, functional power. We just we just never did it. Uh, he's experienced enough to be able to. Um, I guess just just look at the numbers and look look at the training that he sets me and 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 and, and be guided by that. Um, that said, come race day, you know, like Placid, I my goal was was, was two thirty watts, um, and at Kona my goal was two twenty watts. Again, just factoring that additional heat uh, and wind uh, and just just the the the, the general conditions. Um, so I'm not I'm not the heaviest, so you know weighing around 156 or you know 70 kilograms uh, on race day, um, but yeah, they're the uh, numbers that, uh, that that I go with. Steve, in the last year, what's been your your biggest struggle? What's your been your biggest sort of uh, obstacle that you've had to overcome? I think consistency. So I, I you know I, I probably peaked a little bit. Two seen in thirteen. So my first time, and I qualified for Kona and, and, and went and went in the first year. Then I had just two bad years. Uh, Fourteen, um, I, I DNF'd and you know, I didn't finish at Placid with, with hypothermia, and I just seemed to have no consistency at all. And that followed into fifteen, where I perhaps overtrained a little bit. Um, again, had no consistency. Had a lot of hip tightness and injuries to contend with so 16 i just wanted to be healthy uh, and, and and just discover some consistency and that's what my new coach brought me to be honest uh you know day in day out nothing nothing crazy crazy hard um not many rest days actually or, or just complete rest days but a lot of easier uh, sessions just kind of built into a, an ongoing schedule uh, so that that was my biggest goal to be honest just to be consistent and Ultimately, that, that 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 pays dividends at the end. Consistency is really underrated, isn't it? I, I'm sitting in the same boat at the moment. Where all of a sudden, I've I've had two months where I've been running consistently, and it's just amazing what that actually does. And like you say, it's not necessarily pushing hard or doing massive volume. It's just doing it, and and you end up building on that. It's incredible what can happen. Yeah, it, it, it's huge. Uh, I mean, I, I I'm I don't do crazy hours at all. Um, you know, over the winter, I was probably averaging maybe 11, 12 hours a week. Um, and then in the summer, you know, e- even in the biggest weeks, I don't think I did any more than kind of 17 hours, which is which actually sounds a lot, but it, it, it's not compared to what other people do. Um, but it was day in, day out. You know, I, I was one of those guys, particularly as, you know, I'm 40, 46 at the end of this month where it was kind of drilled into me that, you know, he's needed to take a day off every week and every fourth week would be recovery week. Um, and my coach just had a completely different approach to that. 
Um, he just built in easier recovery sessions uh, within within my overall training schedule. Uh, and I, I literally barely missed a day the whole of, of 16 that wasn't planned. Um, and particularly on the running, you know, coming from a running background, you know, I was a little perhaps arrogant thinking no one can tell me anything about running. Uh, and he just kept it so simple. We just, we probably ran five, six days every week, just day in, day out. Uh, nothing crazy, lots of, lots of steady zone two and then some tempo work. It was just really simple, but just a, a lot of shorter, more frequent running. Uh, and, and that, 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 that was a huge improvement for me in 2016. Uh, I always felt that I under, under ran, particularly, uh, on long course before, um, given my, you know, pretty decent uh, running background. But I think just finding that consistency helped me bring, uh, help bring that out on race day. Steve, you, you talk about those two years where you struggled uh, and and the the inconsistency there. What brought about that inconsistency? Was it uh, was it injury? Was it illness? Uh, I, I think again, when, when I when I it was injury basically and a bit of illness as well. Just just not recovering uh, really. I, I wouldn't say I was really overtrained, but I was more under recovered, uh, and my tendency is just to go hard. And I think that goes back to my my track running days, I think, where we, we just went hard all the time. Uh, and I, I still enjoy going really hard, either running or biking. So my coach saved me from myself, really, uh, and just slowed me down, you know, so that the, the easier days were easier as opposed to getting in that, you know, that, that grey zone three, neither here or there pace uh, when you don't recover, but there's no ad- adaptation either. Um so yeah, it, it, consistency is huge. Um, far better be consistent all year than than you know not do a lot over the winter and then just have some massive months. Um, I think certainly for me that kind of more level approach um, was uh, was far more beneficial. I could could not agree more. And and you're the first person that I've spoken to that's really articulated the the the, the under recovery as opposed to to overtraining. And I think that's something a lot of triathletes miss. And 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 I'm guilty of that because I had that exact thing happen to me this year, where it was because of injury. And and it's almost once you've done a few of these things, you you become mentally a lot tougher. That you don't almost have to do as much training to do one of these things because you 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 mentally there. But what that does is it pushes your body beyond where it's ready and then it breaks down again or you get sick and and it's just stop start stop start stop start and before you know it it's race day and you you're not getting the results you want but that's exactly why yeah exactly you know I, you know i'm not inhuman you know i i did get sick uh, but it would be the odd cold and it would last for a day uh and then i i'd, I'd be back on it whereas before i would have probably just pushed through it and just said, well, you know, I've got a cold, but it's not in my legs. You know, instead of doing 12 mile, you know, I'll, I'll run eight mile instead. Uh, whereas at the first sign of illness now, my coach is, you're doing nothing for two days. Um, and I listen to him and I have a huge respect for what he says. Um, and, uh, you know, I feel quite accountable uh, to him. So, you know, I listen to his advice, take the two days off uh, and then I'm straight back on it. Um, you know, uh, two days later. Yeah, and and the truth of the matter is, you, you're not going to lose any fitness in in two days. <laughs> it's you, long term. You're better off taking those two days off. 
Uh, exactly. And, and it doesn't stop me sat there, you know, basically feeling quite frustrated um, and thinking, well, you know, everyone else is training. I, I should be training. And particularly if, 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 you know, within those two days, you're meant to have a, a pretty big set. Um, but again, you know, my coach always points out, you know, j- j- just just go back to your training diary. Look at what you've done. Look at that consistency. Um, and as I say, at the end of the day, 2016 for me was was just was just incredibly strong uh, as a result of that. Yep. And that's funnily enough. I mean, we we've been doing this podcast for for just over a year now, and that's the one thing that comes up time and time and time again is consistency trumps all. So uh, I'm glad we we're getting it from you too. One thing you just said to me a short while ago too is that you wish you had got into the sport sooner. Tell me a little bit about the thinking about that. Do you think you could have performed better? You could have done more. What what's what's the reasoning for that that statement? Yeah, I mean, you always wonder how good you could have been. You know, I, I'm. 45 four to six now so the 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 battle is not to slow it's not to slow down uh, rather than you know uh, keep improving though i do you know what's great about the sport is that you can keep improving um, i think the older you get you just keep banking that endurance um you know i even though I, you know i was a a, a track runner it, it's still an endurance sport uh, and i've been doing that since i was nine years old uh, so i've you know i've got obviously got a huge base in there um, so yeah, I just kind of, you always wonder how you, how good you could have been. I, I don't recover anywhere near as well as what I used to be able to, um, you know, when I, when I was running a lot. So yeah, so, you know, had I been doing this in my late twenties and thirties, you know, it's just, it just a question of, you know, how, how good could I have been? Uh, you know, if I, I was effectively a, an adult onset swimmer, uh, my first triathlon, I think I did half of it in breaststroke and half of it. In freestyle, so you know certainly those years could have been spent learning how to swim properly. Um, so yeah, they're the reasons why you know I wish I'd started earlier, and and just because I love the sport more than anything. What's what's been your biggest uh, achievement? What what are you most proud of in your your triathlon career? Um, probably my two Ironmans in sixteen, actually. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I would say like, you know, qualifying at, at Lake Placid. Uh, I won my age group, I think by about 20 minutes and I was, I was six overall. Uh, and then going to Kona this year, uh, you know, I used the phrase before, it was kind of my, my, my best worst race. Uh, I, I felt awful from mile 80 on the bike onwards. I just felt awful. I wanted to quit 5,000 times. But you just keep going, uh, and I, I just kind of prove that mentally I, I I can just keep doing that. I'm not, I'm not saying that's a good thing, but um, I think that's probably what I'm most proud of. Let's talk about digging ourselves out of those holes because everyone goes through patches on race day where they <laughs> they question their sanity and they ask themselves why am I here? Uh, and I, and by the sounds of it, you had uh, a few of those moments on the Big Island uh, in 2016. What what do you do to dig yourself out of of a, a place like that where your your mind is just going, you know what? I don't want to do this. I this sucks, and I want to get. I want to go home. Um, I guess two things. One is I'm I'm, I'm very competitive as far as sport is concerned so i don't like i don't like to lose uh, i'd set myself a goal of, of finishing top 10 in my age group i didn't know whether i was top 10 but that, that kind of drove me on um in the moment and how i force myself I, a lot, I, I find a lot of people like the the more positive mantras you know of, of looking back at all the training you've done and 
you know, the, the self-talk, the, you know, you can do it. Where I, I go the opposite way. I, I, I quite like to, to sell. <laughs> this is going to sound a little strange, but I, I like the self-abuse, <laughs> you know, having a word with yourself, um, you know, man up, that type of thing, perhaps with some more colourful language. But <laughs> that's kind of the way I go, really, on, on race day. That's awesome. Uh, as far as sort of making the step up to, to a full Ironman, you, you mentioned that that's, you built up slowly towards it. Was it, was it daunting once you had done a couple of halves? Was it still as daunting as, as it is for most of us? Or had you done the work and went, you know what? I'm ready. Now's the time I'm going to do this thing. Yeah. I wasn't really nervous about it, to be honest. When I, when I think back, there are, there are a few of us. We all signed up at the same time. So I think that, that really helped as well. Uh, so we'd done a lot of the long rides together. Uh, so I was confident of, of, of comp- competing. I had no idea how, how I would do. Uh, I, you know, I had a, a time in my mind. Um, you know, Lake Placid is a, is a slow course. Um, but I still thought, well, you know, maybe I can do this on the swim. I can do this on the bike and. Maybe I can do this on the run, but I, I wasn't really nervous, um, to be honest. Um, I think as long as you've, you've put in some, you know, five or six big weeks, um, then, you know, as long as you execute on the day and you don't do anything stupid, um, then, you know, I, I as I say, personally, I, w- I wasn't particularly nervous, to be honest. Did you go into that first one hoping to qualify for Kona or was the goal just not to die? Well, you know, <laughs> uh, obviously not to die, but um, I hadn't. I'd thought about it, um, but I, I just what was obviously immediately aware to me when I started to talk to to people that were very good athletes is that the, the, the step up is really big from a half to a full uh, because it's it's not about necessarily fitness. Well, it is about fitness, but there are so many other things you have to get right. You know, you have to get your pacing nailed, nailed, really nailed down. You have to really nail down your, your nutrition as well. Uh, you need a bit of luck. Um, and you know, I think that's, that, that's the big difference when you, when you make the move, uh, when you make the move up. So I, I kind of thought, well, you know, if I do all of those things, then then maybe I'll I'll grab a spot. And as it happened, I I, I took the very last spot, um, so I was you know a bit of luck, as it were. Um, but yeah, I was very very excited to, to 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 do it first time around. That's for sure. It's interesting you say that too, where you talk about the the step up from a half to a full, and and it's it, speed isn't the limiting factor. It's it's a, like you say, it's a whole bunch of other things, and and it's been able to string that together. It's, in golf, they call it course management, and 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 knowing exactly how it all pieces together. Uh, that that is the key to to being good at this thing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, patience is is king for sure, and and. Uh, when I was out on the course this this year in in Lake Placid, I remember going around the the, the second lap, and there was this guy. I'd say he was I'm trying to uh, maybe in his twenties, and I, I saw I saw this guy absolutely hammering one of the hills, and I just said to him, "Look, just just be patient, just 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 kind of slow down and and do yourself some favors." Uh, he he just completely ignored me, um, and you know I, I saw him walk in the first loop of the uh, of the run course. So you just got to be so patient in a, in an Ironman. It's got to feel pretty easy on the bike. Uh, at any time that you feel like you're working really hard on the bike, then you you've just got to slow down. 
Uh, and it, it takes time to learn that, uh, for sure. What, what? Um, and you know, it's just very different to a half where you feel like you're working all the time. Yep. Well, what's been the biggest life lesson Iron Man's taught you? Um, I'm not sure I've thought, thought about it so deeply, but um, probably, you know, patience and, and, and hard work pays off. Um, you know, if you want to draw comparisons with life in, in general, I'd say, yeah, patience and hard work. Um, and, you know, ultimately, if you work hard and, um, and you're consistent and you're patient, then, then, um, the, the, the reward, the reward will be there. Let's talk about life in general and getting that balance right and the, and the juggle and, and coping with that juggle of, of work and family and, and getting the training. And you said that you, you're not the, the biggest of, of, uh, of mileage and hours, uh, type of guy, but, uh, you still need to do the work in order to, to compete. So, uh, how do you, how do you get that balance right? What's, what's the, what's the, the key and the secret to it? I, I'm pretty lucky. Uh, I work from home a lot. Um, so I moved over with my, so I work as a, as a tax in a accounting firm. So I, I, I work from home a lot. So that means I can train in the morning, work all, you know, work all day, get my head down. Uh, but just, but then finish relatively early. Uh, you know, I'm not wasting two hours a day commuting. Uh, and, and the, the, those are the two hours that I'll, I'll go out and train. So I'm very lucky, uh, with that. Um, we're married, uh, but have no children. So. <laughs> Again, we don't have that burden either. Uh, and my wife is not only understanding, but she's also, um, you know, a pretty, pretty fine sportswoman as well and, and very interested in the sport. So she's very supportive. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I, I do want to have, I'm not one of these people that just, just want to train and do nothing. We're, 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 you know, with a healthy and active social life as well. And, a lot of friends. So I do, I do like to get that balance, which is why I don't want to do the crazy hours. I don't want to do 25 hours a week. I don't want to be wrecked, you know, every week from training. Uh, so I'm able to find the balance because, you know, I work from home most of the time. I have to travel from time to time, but, you know, largely I'm home based. Um, uh, and I've got a very supportive, very supportive wife as well. Brilliant. Steve, what, what do you still want to achieve in the sport? Uh, I just want to keep improving, to be honest. As I said, you know, if I was younger, I'd, I'd you know, I'd, I'd, you know, perhaps bigger goals. But I say ultimately, you know, the 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 the, the clock is ticking, as it were. Um, I, I want to go. I want to. I want to work on my swim because relative to my swim is still pretty crap, to be honest. Uh, I, I think I've more to do, more to come on the bike. Uh, my run's still pretty strong. I want to run a really, a really quick. Ironman marathon. I'd, I'd like to get close to three hours on a on a flatter course, um, if if I could. Uh, so I don't, I don't, I don't. They're my goals, really. Just j- just to keep on improving. Um, times I'm kind of less bothered by times, other than I, you know, so I'd like to get close to three hours on the Ironman marathon. Uh, I want to go back to Kona. I'm certainly not going back in 2017. I'm, taking a decision i'm not if i do an ironman i'm going to do one late enough that you know it qualifies for 2018 um and you know if i go to kona then i'd like to go top 10 i guess i guess that's that's one of the the positives and one of the negatives of the sport is there's always room for improvement isn't there you you never quite have the perfect race Uh, absolutely absolutely uh though you know i think plastid was probably as 
there's there was nothing in that race that that I think I could have done better. I could probably gone a little quicker on the run. I was pretty conservative towards the end uh, at aid stations, etc. Uh, but that was that was a very very good race for me. Um, I can uh, as far as Cone is concerned, I'm I'm pretty sure I can go I can go quicker and, and finish stronger. Um, and I, I learned a lot this year for sure. If you could go back and and start your career over, knowing what you know now, what what would you do differently? What would you tell yourself to do? Um, I'd probably invest a little more time in in, in my swim. Uh, I would I would have ta- I would have taken on a coach much earlier. Uh, and I'm still young. I'm still, only doing the sport for six years, so it's hardly a long career. But I think I would have I would I would have taken a coach much earlier. Uh, in my career, for sure, uh, someone that can then guide me. I, I think because I came from a sporting background, I, uh, you know, I made the mistake of, of thinking, well, you know, I'll, I'll just replicate what I did with my running training. I'll do the same on swimming, you know, for swimming and biking. It just doesn't work that way at all. You've got to be able to find a balance between the three sports. Uh, swimming is super technical. You know, I, I could swim four times a day. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, it probably wouldn't add, add that much until I take the time out and, um, you know, and, and, and work on that technique. Um, you know, biking probably has a few comparisons. I think the more you bike, the stronger you'll, you'll get. Um, but, but, but definitely, I, I, I think a coach for sure. Brilliant. Well, I think that's a great place to leave it. I look forward to getting you back on to chat a little bit about your swim, but we'll save that for another day. Thanks for your time today, Steve. Good. All right. Cheers, Brad. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Kona Edge. Don't forget to connect with us on social media. Simply search for the Kona Edge.